This is the Action Network Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the golf edition. And yes, this is kind of a big week in the world of golf here. I am at Augusta National right now. Justin Ray is with me. I'm Jason Sobel, and it is indeed Masters Week. Hello, friend. How are you? Hello, friend. It looks like, so if you're seeing us visually, it kind of looks like they finally put Jason in a padded room. Like it's kind (laughs) of, he's got like a beige kind of insane asylum thing going on behind him, but it's merely just, you know, get in where you fit in the limited space real estate out there this week at Augusta National. How, what's it looking like? How's, how's it going? You made the journey up a little bit north of you to, to Augusta National, a road you've driven down about a zillion times from on that highway from Florida up to Georgia. So I can tell you this, and I know you will understand this perhaps more than anybody else that I could tell this to, but <laughs> most people here, whoa, you're going to the Masters? That's amazing. You get to walk around. You get to hang out. You get to do all this stuff. So I got into town at around 6.30 on Monday evening. First thing you have to do is go get your COVID test and then head back to uh, the place I was staying where I stayed up writing preview content until 2.30 in the morning. Woke up this morning about 7. This is Monday now and uh, as we're recording this and um. And so as soon as I got up, I was not cleared yet with the COVID test to go to the course. So just worked from back where I was staying and then finally got cleared, came to the course. As soon as I came to the course, I had another podcast. I had a radio show. I had to write some stuff. I had a whole bunch. Like, I have not seen the golf course yet. And so, yes, Augusta has been fantastic so far here in my padded room in the bowels of the Augusta National Media Center. And Jason's not complaining about what he does for a living. No, we would never no, do no, that. No, no, no. We're not roofing houses in the heat, but I feel the same way working in TV production. I would always get that too. Like I would post a picture from the set, uh, being on set with Golf Channel or ESPN back in the day. And I think people would think that I'm sitting out there like watching the 18th green crushing beers all day. Like, right. no, most of the life of in production TV, you're in a television compound that may as well be on the surface of the moon. Like you don't know, like it is you, like you were saying, you could be in Augusta, Georgia or Augusta, Maine right now. And for the most part, you're going to have the same experience for a lot of the day. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, but an unbelievable golf tournament, obviously. And, you know, I, I know deep down you're excited you're there. Oh, yeah. I'm not oh, there this year. The first one I've missed in a long time, just working remotely with COVID restrictions and stuff. The TV crew I work with is still in London. So, um, but I mean, you know, you at least got a, a spot at T-Bones and, you know, you'll sneak in maybe a peach ice cream sandwich here mm-hmm. and there, get a little bit of the flavors of, uh, of, of the week. No, no, don't do not get me wrong here. That was not bitching. That was not complaining. That was not taking anything for granted. That was nothing about not liking what I'm doing. I love everything about it. It's just don't think that I'm exactly hanging out, you know, on 16 crushing beers, watching guys skip balls across the pond. It's just that that's there's work to be done. And so uh, we do it for you guys, for the listeners. We just want to help you out. And so. This is a week with a lot of hype coming into it. That hype machine is cranked up. Jordan Spieth wins uh, yesterday the Valero Texas Open. Brooks Kepka 
comes back in like three days from a knee surgery somehow, and he's going to apparently play golf. John Rahm, I had all my preview content with John Rahm's name with an asterisk next to it because I wasn't sure that he was going to play. Well, uh, the baby came early, and now he is indeed uh, going to be playing the Masters. So the hype machine is cranked. Let's first start normally for a major championship. We'd skip over. I don't know. There's some event last week, but who cares? Let's get to the major championship. But it's very relevant because the event that just finished last week happened to have Jordan Spieth as a winner for the first time in 1,351 days. Kudos to you for remembering the exact day total. Um, if San Antonio, the Texas Open felt like with Spieth winning, like the culmination of the early season swing, right? Where Spieth's building towards this, you know, the result that he was always trending towards. His approach play was magnificent all week. He had the most strokes gained TD he's ever had in any of his dozen PGA Tour wins. Um, played great. And it's the perfect segue walking right into Augusta National, right? Where you have this guy, a past champion who has past heartbreak, and we've been waiting for him to return to form. Here he is. Here he is. And if, if, you, if you just stripped his name away and just called him Player X and had all his statistics from the last three months and we're looking at it, whether it was his finishes, his ball striking numbers, even his short game and putting numbers, Player X would be with Jordan Speed stats, you'd pick him. All right, now add the fact that he's Jordan Speed. He has the best scoring average in the history of the Masters among guys with 20 or more rounds. Like, okay, now we're really getting fired up and thinking we can see something special this week. So, yeah, no, I'm with you. It, normally, you just kind of – even as somebody from Houston who grew up growing, going to the Houston Open and, you know, defending it year in and year out, that mm-hmm. place the week before the Masters, really easy to gloss over the, the final round there and get excited about headed to uh, Augusta, Georgia. So – let's extrapolate from what this weekend means to uh, this current week. And look, I I like Jordan Spieth. I like Jordan Spieth a lot this week. I I don't think there's really very many scenarios in which Jordan doesn't at least play well, play really well. Um, Does that mean he's going to win? Not necessarily. He might play really well and finish in a share of seventh place, but I, I do think he is going to be a prominent name on the leaderboard for four days this week. Uh, that said, there are two reasons why I'm not putting him atop my list of my favorite players this week. The first is really more of a sort of personal bias here and tangible or something, but just the fact that a month ago I was kind of on Jordan Spieth and he was trending the right direction. I was telling people, hey, watch out for Spieth. I kind of like him for Augusta. And now the entire world is on Jordan Spieth after him winning on Sunday that – I just feel like you're jumping on the bandwagon if you do it now. And Beef so, Island is out of boat space. The docks I, are all full. You can't the do canal it. The is full of boats. There's no more room. <laughs> I will say that in the non-Tiger Woods category of players over the years, anytime everyone's been on a specific player to win a specific event, it don't happen that way. And so when everyone zigs, you got to try to zag a little bit. Uh, the other reason is more tangible. Okay, you're you're giving me the all like you know rolling your eyes at me a little bit. I was bit, just gonna but. say, but it'd be so much fun to zig this week. Oh man, to just stay with the flow and see that happen. I, That's the only reason you got again, the viral. Again, I I, I, I appreciate the theory hundred percent. It's I just my dislike. personal preference. All right, well here's here's the tangible part of this. And uh, granted, I will one hundred percent admit that I was listening on the radio, so I I am depending on uh, some other eyes um, from PGA Tour radio. Uh, watching this for me, but they did a very good job of painting a picture. And uh, early in the round, uh, according to them, Spieth was trying to hit some draws 
at TBC San Antonio and just was not able to turn the ball over. He was losing it to the right, losing it to the left, and then started relying on the fade, and the fade is what got him home. That's great at TBC San Antonio. I'm glad he can rely on that fade, hit the ball left to right, and win a tournament like that. I'm not so sure that Augusta National, where you've got to rely on a right-to-left ball flight off the tee on so many holes, that Jordan Spieth can rely on hitting a fade, and I'm wondering whether he can turn the ball over right to left. How is that for a reason not to pick Jordan I like Spieth it. this week? I, I like it. I, I like it as a reason to stick to because it's, it's tangible, it's experiential, it's something that you can really grab and feel. And, you know, I'm the numbers guy, so I, I endorse that, that concrete, you know, tangible evidence. Jordan Spieth is the best strokes gained approach of any player here the last six years. Jordan Spieth has the second most strokes gained total per round in the history of the Masters to Ben Hogan. Jordan Spieth has the best scoring average in Masters tournament history. And over the last two months, he's arguably one of the three or four best players on the PGA Tour. I mean, it all is pointing in the direction where you can see why everybody would flock to him. Now, I say all that, and he's not at the very top of my list either because I think there are some other names there that are a little bit more valuable that I expect to, to win a little bit more so than Jordan. But would I be surprised if this guy went out, held the first round lead, contended, won the golf tournament? I wouldn't be surprised to see any of that. I mean, the guy has, he already has led nine masters rounds in his career. The mm-hmm. only players to lead more rounds than him in the history of the tournament are the big three and tiger woods. I mean, he's only 27. He's only played in what six of these. So I, I you know, there's few players are, course horses on a place that's this prestigious and this immense that you get to go back year in year out at this young of an age that Jordan Spieth is so I I hear you though on that ball flight thing that is a little bit concerning we'll see Mm -hmm. if he's it's something he's able to work out but I don't know I just love his course history so much here and it's really tough to pick against him this week and don't get me wrong it's not as if I'm fading Spieth this week I have number two in my ranking of the field so this is yeah well there you go nitpicking yeah this is not like Hey, I hate Jordan. I don't think he can do it. It's just I, I don't have him number one, but I still think that he's going to have a really special week. Anyway, um, let's get right into it. Before you jump into it, everybody needs to check out my man Sobel's deep dive. He did the odds and how favorites and going into a tournament, how they performed the Masters. I thought it was awesome, man. Just Thank totally you. unprovoked. Jason didn't tell me to say this. I really <laughs> enjoyed reading it. I recommend everybody. It'll give you a whole new perspective on favorites and betting going into this week. So thank you, man. Actionnetwork.com. Check that out. Thank you. Those a lot of work went into that. Uh, our graphics guys and editors did uh, a really good job. I, I say graphics guys, Evan Abrams, uh, shout out to him because he's our producer on the gimme. And somehow he's yeah. also our graphics guy at the action network. Like the guy literally does everything. He's Jose Akendo. So uh, <laughs> he did a really good job on that, but I want to get into at two 30 in the morning, finish writing up my preview content. And I had Xander Shoffley winning this golf tournament. And somehow, four and a half hours later, I woke up at 7 a.m. And my new winner is John Rahm. I'm not sure what happened in those four and a half hours. I had a dream. I had a premonition. I had a nightmare. I, something happened. But I woke up and I said, nope, it ain't Xander. It's wrong. You said Xander rolled his ankle in a morning jog or no, something? Or... I, I wish him no ill will. I, I've got no, him third on my list, so I hope he plays well. Uh, John Rahm has everything that I'm looking for. First of all, uh, course history three straight top tens at Augusta National. He's got recent form. Seven of his last nine starts have been top tens. He's got that strokes gained approach that we always talk about, which is so important at this golf course. He's 14th on the PGA Tour this year. And he's got the nappy factor. He is now a dad for the first time. And we all know how that worked out for Danny Willett, 
who had threatened not to come to Augusta five years ago. The baby was born, he came, and the rest is history. So uh, John Rahm, based on all of those things, some uh, very tangible, some intangible, but uh, he is my favorite play for this week. I think he's ready to go out and win a golf tournament. I think that this might be his best chance of any of the four majors. So my number one John Rahm stack going into the week to be aware of, he's been amazing on the par five since he made his debut here. Since 2016, he's tied for first in par five scoring in terms of scoring Mm -hmm. par. He's 158th in par three scoring. Mm. He's got to figure that aspect of the golf course out. He's gained almost as he's third in strokes gained off the tee uh, at the Masters the last four years. And that speaks to how well he's played those par fives. His strokes gained approach is, is pretty good, all things considered. But for some reason, he hasn't played the par threes particularly well. So if he figures that out, I mean, look, the guy's still, despite that number with the par threes, 31 under par here the last three years. The only player better is Dustin Johnson. So it's impossible now with. You know, you got to think he's in a good frame of mind. He's happy. The kid's here, you know, new, all the narrative you'll hear all week. Like, not just the phrase nappy factor, but new perspective on life. And all these things I think are corny now. But when my son arrives in like five weeks, I'll probably think are wonderful and, and agree with. But I, um, I can't wait, by the way, for the J. Ray nappy factor. I'm just tailing all of your bets that week. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, what does that look like? Like, is it a hot streak in that regard? Am I like... Am I cranking out like the greatest, most in-depth notes ever? I don't really know. Really, I think it's going to be sleep deprivation is going to be the key thing that I'm going to experience. But um, yeah, impossible to not like Rom here. But the history he's had in his career, um, he actually, I thought this was funny. Among players to have not won the Masters, he's second in strokes gained all time among players with at least 16 rounds. The only guy with a better strokes gained average who never won was Lloyd Mangrum, someone who played years and years ago. Um, and, and never broke through with a win. But I think Rom would kick Mangrum's ass this week. <laughs> yeah, I'd pick him in the head-to-head. <laughs> yeah, I'd definitely take Rom. But I was just saying that because it lends a little bit of perspective of how good he's been out of the gates. Yeah. He got beat by some legendary performances. Um, I think uh, the the week Patrick Reed won, he, was, he went super low. Um, but, yeah, no, it's easy to like Rom this week, too. I'm with you. This is Action Network podcast producer Matt Mitchell. Here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love, like live betting and daily odds boosts, plus they're compatible with BetSync, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. No more suspense. Who's your favorite pick this week? Okay, I'm going to pick a guy. I went with him in the fall, and he nearly broke through and did it. Every time this player has gone to Augusta National, he's finished better than the year before. 39th, then 22nd, 
then 17th, then 12th. Last fall, he finished fourth. I'm picking Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas leads all players in strokes gain approach per round at Augusta National in the last three years. If you like more traditional statistics, he also leads in greens and regulation here the last three years. The you know you saw how proficient he is when he's at his best tee to green when he wanted the players a little while ago. Um, for my money, over the last two to three years, he's the best iron player on the planet. No golf course in championship golf rewards approach play more than Augusta National. Yeah. You talk about it as a second shot golf course. Guys, believe it. That's what it is. It's the most important statistic is approach play going into this golf tournament. Um, the only player to win at Sawgrass and Augusta in the same year is Tiger Woods. I think JT is going to become the second guy to do it this week. Don't dislike it. I mean, I talked about having Rom number one and Spieth number two and Xander number three. JT's number four on my list. So, I mean, uh, we're certainly in tune with a lot of these picks. I Look at this upper tier. I don't think you can look at really any of these players and say uh, he doesn't have a chance. I mean, whether it's DJ hasn't played great lately, you can find a reason not to pick him, but you also can find a reason why he could certainly win the golf tournament. DJ's up there. Uh, Bryson, I don't love Bryson on this golf course. I just don't think his strategy mixes well with the skill set needed at Augusta National. I love his strategy for most other events. 90% of the courses that he plays – his strategy will work on. I just don't think it works uh, as well as it could at Augusta National. Uh, that said, though, I mean, you could you can convince me of Rory McIlroy, who I don't love. I feel like, you know, and I've said this before, that he is a two and five football team that is making a coaching change uh, and hoping to implement a new playbook and still get to the playoffs this year. Uh, who still has a franchise at, quarterback and like an all pro pass. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the pieces are there. You, you just got to get For it. Sure get into the house and get some wins on the board. Um, but you look at a Patrick Cantley, you look at a Colin Morikawa, you look at even a Daniel Berger, a Victor Hovland, the two of them shut out last November, and maybe they have a little narrative factor. But uh, you look at all of those players and say, you know, can I see them winning? Sure. I mean, is there anyone else from the top tier that, A, you really like especially that we haven't mentioned yet, and B, uh, anyone from that top tier that you're like, nope, no way if I make – 20 DFS lineups. He's not in any of them. I don't like him. I'm not putting Bryson in anything this week. Yeah. Um, I just look, there's 76 players who have played 10 or more rounds at Augusta national the last four years of that group. Bryson DeChambeau is 70th in strokes game putting. I think that the fact that he can't use the green reading book, it's something you're going to hear a lot about this week, but there's tangible evidence to say that he's struggled on the green so far here. Now, as prepared and as maniacal as that guy is, could he come out and, and talented as he is, could he come out and completely prove me wrong? Yes. But he's a guy who, like you said, I think his strategy, look, I love him for Tory Pines for the U.S. Open. Right. Absolutely, right. Absolutely love him. Yes. But here, I think, you know, we talked about this. We've talked about this before. Like his advantage, yes, he hits the ball off the tee very far. And that's the thing that captivates people. But the bigger advantage in some of these bigger events, whether it was Bay Hill or Wingfoot, is that he's able to hit – pitching wedge or nine iron out of penalizing rough and get better launch angles into greens to give himself scoring opportunities. Whereas the other guys are hitting seven, six irons out of that same rough and just end up scrambling to make par. That's where his big advantage comes in. And there's just no real penalizing rough to speak of for the most part at Augusta National. So that kind of goes away. Um, I, I love your analogy about Rory being the two and five football team, but they've got, you know, it's like, they've still got, you know, I don't know, Lamar Jackson, like an all pro defensive line ready to go. Like they just needed to flip the switch. Yeah. I just don't know if I can trust those iron numbers from the last six months coming into this week. Um, now it would make perfect sense for a guy who's immensely talented as Rory, who's got the burden of finishing the grand slam. And this will be his seventh crack. Um, I can't believe 
it's been set. This is his seventh time trying to win the grand slam since he won the PGA. Um, so for him to be kind of under the radar and shock everybody, that would kind of make perfect sense. Right. But I personally, just speaking from a numbers standpoint, um, I like pretty much everybody else at the top of the board for one reason or another, but I'm avoiding Bryson and Rory. Yeah. You're, you're on the same exact page as me. Two things about Rory. First of all, is that uh, if he does somehow win this week, how many guys are calling Pete Cowan's cell phone on Monday morning going, yo, uh, what about me? Like, I, Pete I Cowan's rate just like went up about weeks. 400%. If it can go any higher now. I mean, Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah, that would be huge for them. So I, I've got to think that, you know, I don't know what motivates Pete Cowan. I don't know him that well at all, or really at all. But uh, it would be very interesting to see, like, you know, kind of where they are uh, in that process right now. But, yeah, I, I don't love him. Here's another little stat on Rory. He has been in the top five on the pre-tournament odds board each of the last 10 years, which I just find, like, remarkably consistent. I mean, he's just he's been that good for that long and hasn't gone out and won this golf tournament. I mean, that's like a lot of years of just banging your head against the wall afterwards going, what do I need to do? And obviously, he's tried something new this year, which is, hey, let's make a major change right beforehand and see how that works. But uh, I'm, I'm on the same page with you as far as fading Bryson and for the most part fading Rory and then everyone else looks like uh, from that top tier, they can at least give this a run. How about the mid tier? Uh, well, I got one Rory one stat. I got to get to everybody. And this is the biggest thing for me going into this week. So since he won the PGA at Valhalla major championship since 2015, the first round Rory McIlroy is a combined 28 over par Oof. rounds three, two through four. He's 64 under. So he's been getting off to bad starts consistently in major championships and then lighting it up. Like basically, a miniature version of that would be what he did at Royal Portrush, where he went out, had the terrible start, and then lit it up in round two and almost made the cut. So he gets off to a good start. Watch out. But that's just a number to keep in mind going into the week. All right. Let's look at the next tier down, the mid-tier. Um, and, and granted, mid-tier can mean a lot of different things here. But I'm going to give you four names uh, that I like from this tier for – for various top fives, top tens, top twenties, you know, those kind of bets, good DFS lineup fillers. But uh, Paul Casey, love Paul Casey this week. Uh, I've got him top five on my list. Uh, I mentioned the other, the top four earlier, but I've got him fifth on my list. I, I think he's going to have a really good week. I could see Paul Casey leading by two going into Sunday, playing okay on Sunday and getting passed by three guys and finishing like right there in the top five. So, uh, I got it all planned. Out. Heartbreak for the man. Oh, I, I I love Paul too. Paul's one of my favorite interviews in the game. Uh, I'm going to give you Jason Kokrak, who's played really well lately. Corey Connors, who's played really well lately, and Will Zalatoris, who plays really well every single week. I like the Casey call a lot. Casey ranks fifth in strokes gain approach at the Masters since 2015. Mm-hmm. Reason to really like him. Already had Corey Connors written on my list here, but without us consulting each other, I got him at plus eight thousand. I mean, for one of the best iron players on the PGA Tour, a guy's playing the best golf of his career. Yeah. You know, he hasn't flashed in a major championship yet, but would anybody be surprised if he was this year's version of Sung JM or Cameron Smith and came out and had a big week? I mean, he's a guy who can he's a guy who can score, and the strength of his game is his approach play, straight up. So yeah. um, not necessarily a ticket for him to win for me, but a top 10 or a top 20. Absolutely. Good value there. Um, you said mid-level can mean a lot of things. One of the names that's kind of close to Paul Casey, the odds are similar, 
is the reigning PGA champion, Colin Morikawa. I know it's tough to say that's like mid-range, but we talked about those names at the top. It's so top-heavy. You can find some value a little bit of the ways down there. Morikawa didn't play well um, in his first major start, um, after his first start at the Masters after winning the PGA Championship. He didn't play well, um, but look, this, like I said, is a place that rewards elite iron play, maybe more so than anywhere else in championship golf. He leads the PGA Tour in strokes gain approach. He was second in the stat last season. Since he's turned pro, he's one of the better iron players in the world. No one should be surprised if he comes out and has a big week uh, after a year, a little bit more under his belt with those uh, learning those greens at Augusta National because his iron play is going to travel everywhere. You know who else holds some value? I know he's probably listening to the podcast and hasn't heard his name mentioned for the first 20 minutes. Mm. And Brooks Koepka just punched a hole right through his laptop. He's That's like, right. I can't believe Sobel and Ray did not even mention me. He's talking about the best players in the world. I have four major championships. DJ's only got half of that. What? Come on. They're not even going to mention my name. And, you know, I said, well, he's had knee surgery. Come on, man. I, he had a great quote. He said, I wouldn't be here if I was going to come in second place. I mean, that I is a that. Tiger-esque kind of quote. I just think that the more people say, oh, you know, Brooks, he just had knee surgery. He can't really do it. He's not that healthy right now. The more fired up he's going to get. And I can see Brooks making a serious run at this thing. I, For Brooks, I see if he can go out and just shoot an even par round in the first round, and then maybe one or two under on the second day, and then he gets, you know, maybe a 68 on Saturday, and then maybe another 68, 67 on Sunday. I, I mean, that's going to put him right there where we think the winning score could be. And that might be the formula for him is, um, hey, let me come from behind and let me progress with this injury. So if you see Brooks at sitting at T25 going into the weekend at, you know, plus 8,000, plus 10,000, like that might be a nice play to pick up going into the weekend. I like that call, too, because I could sense him, you know, getting into the mix and then adrenaline takes over and mass some of that pain yes. in his knee to where that could happen. Look. Mr. Kepka, it's all a method to the madness. We're just getting you fired up here, man. So you just, you know, bang out some – put another 10 on the on the bar and bang out some reps before you go out and hit balls or something. 103 under par, Brooks Kepka in the majors since 2015. 40 shots better than any other player. For that thing alone, I don't care about his knee. He reserves to be warranted. It warrants a mention going into any major championship because the guy has been an absolute monster in the majors, as we know, over the last five or six years. Yeah, worth, if you believe in his health and you think he's going to be able to make it, the game was in really good shape. It was just a matter of the knee holding up and the injuries being the question. So um, if he's able to, to be healthy, if he thinks he can go, I love the quote. Um, you know, like you said, Tiger-esque. If he, he wouldn't be here if he didn't think he couldn't win. You know? mm-hmm. he's not, he ain't coming here for T12, that's for sure. I could see Brooks Kepka with the green jacket on Sunday evening sitting there on his phone just sending gifts to, like, every little – uh, you know, every tweeter out there, this guy's got six followers and Brooks like, yeah, man, you thought I couldn't do it. Well, I showed you. How about this? I look good in green. I mean, just like going after everybody, like doing a search for himself and going after everybody. So uh, let's go down to that lower tier. Uh, you know, there's some value here in the fact that at least there's only 88 players in the field. It's top 50 in ties to make the cut. Uh, there are a lot of bets out there to be made. You can bet guys just to, make the cut or miss the cut. You can bet top 40s this week. And so um, I don't know that we're necessarily looking at anyone who's, you know, got a big number next to their name as a potential winner of this golf tournament. But anybody strike you as a guy from, like, bigger odds? I, I'm looking at uh, one 
Phil Mickelson, like a top 30 or so. I, why not? Just you know that he wasn't nearly as motivated last week when he made what a, a nine or a 10 or whoever knows, you know, they think they lost track trying to count at the end of the first round, but he's more motivated. He has experience here. And then I, I will tell you what, and, and I say this all the time about Colin Morikawa being one of the um, smartest young people, not just golfers, but smartest young people I've ever uh, sat and listened to, but Tyler Strafacci the reigning U.S. amateur champ came into the Augusta National interview room today and blew the doors off. That kid's really? got some moxie, and that kid's got – he's an intelligent kid. I was very, very impressed. Like, forget the golf game. I just want to go hang out with the kid. I want to invest in the kid, just uh, whether he's going to play golf or do anything else with his life. He, he was just a, a bright, solid kid that you'd want to spend some time with. I'm delighted you had that experience in the in the interview room. I am not investing in Tyler Strafacci this week. I'm sorry. Um, that that six, sounds great, though. He seems like a great kid. I'm sure he's six a amateurs kid. have made the cut here in the last two years. Okay, yeah, I can see that. And then again, right. make two eagles or something like that. So yeah, seen some success flash here in the last few years by amateurs. I don't know if I'm going there. I'm going to go with a guy with a little bit more of a track record at the Augusta National. Five starts, five made cuts at Augusta. 350 to one to win this week. I don't, I don't have him to win. Maybe I take a little bit and put a flyer on him, but I like him top 10 or top 20. Bern Wiesberger. Guys had a good, mm. consistent pass here at Augusta National. He averages half a stroke per round on approach worldwide this year between the PGA and European tours. Hadn't had a ton of great finishes, but that approach play has been solid, and he's got a good pass history here, so I think he's interesting. Another guy who's kind of interesting to me, You'd be surprised to believe the man who led the field in strokes gain approach last fall at the Masters, Danny Willett, which would be really wow. surprising. He was yeah. so bad off the tee, though, that he it just didn't seem it didn't seem to matter. And it really threw a wrench in my strokes gain approach statistics <laughs> over the last five or six years. Thanks, Danny. But no, for real, though, I mean, look, he had a top 10 finish a couple starts ago. Didn't play well in San Antonio, but he's had some glimpses of good play here. And I really like that strokes gain approach number from last fall where he basically his play off the tee was bad. Everything else was pretty good to great. And so if he can find a little bit of form, there's some value there. I see him at 250 to one to win. I might take him to top 20 for sure. Yeah, why not? I like that. So uh, we're going to get to our DFS lineup that we do every week uh, on DraftKings in just a few minutes. But first, we're going to do our five questions in five minutes. Five minutes, five questions you never asked. I got to be honest with you. I get a little irritated when somebody calls me away from my golf. This is Five Under. Question number one. Who is the only player to finish runner-up in a major championship to both Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods? Tom Kite. 97 Masters. He finished 12 back. Yep. Won the B flight. Yep. And then I don't remember off the top of my head the one. He may have finished 86. a couple times. to 86. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah, I, mean, I always think 86. I think of Seve and Norman, but I guess it was. Uh, Seve and Norman were up there. I think I think Norman and Kite finished tied for second. Okay, there you Seve go. Seve was maybe one more further back. But, yeah, I mean. All right, I got one. Like, I, didn't okay. get swept. I didn't get swept off the board. Fine. Uh, that was good. That was good. Yeah, I, I don't know. Is the Tom Kite thing, like, widely known? I just – I was kind of like, I thought maybe then – I don't think so. I mean, he's a Texas guy. I'm a Texas guy. I just felt like, I don't know, I've come across it in my day, you know? Okay. I don't think everybody knows that. No. All right. Okay. Uh, enough with the stats because you're going to win too many of those ones. Uh, let's get to a prediction and hopefully you can lose. Uh, over the next 10 years, this is a nice, easy question for you. Who will win the most majors? Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Bryson DeChambeau, Colin Morikawa, 
Or you could go off the board and take what's behind door number six. Is door number six everyone else combined? No, or no, no, no. It's like Charlie <laughs> Woods. I'm just stalling. Um, wow. Uh, you know what? I'll go. I'll go with John Rom. Mm. I'll say over the next ten years, I'll say he. Uh, you know, let's say he gets. You could see him getting four, right? You know, not, not maybe not one of each, but I could see him getting a couple open championships. Matt, he can win anything. I don't know why I'm trying to pick just one particular yeah. tournament. Honestly, you can't answer incorrectly, I don't think. I mean, odds sure are you can. right, but in 10 sure years, we're going to run this tape back and we're going to be like, you got it wrong. <laughs> Old man Ray was I'll wrong. Go, I'll go with John Robb. There's no weaknesses in his game, but, you know, I'm picking Justin Thomas to get the first one out of the group here this week. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hedging bets everywhere. You know what? I'm picking Robb to win. And I might go JT over 10 years. So I don't there know. There you we're go. Yeah. Kinda, whatever. So. All right, uh, let's get into the fun stuff. Question number three. Let's pretend Augusta National is divided into 18 desert islands, each of the holes. You can only live on one of the desert islands for the rest of the year. Which hole do you pick? Which sandwich are you stocking it with? And which player in this week's field is going to hang out with you for the rest of the year there? I'll go with 13. Okay. Not a lot of real estate. There's some water I was thinking the exact same thing. Like I, hey, think, I feel like the swirling day. breezes might be nice. Yeah. I'm stocking it with, you know, the first time I went there, I promised my grandfather I'd eat a pimento cheese sandwich because he had never been out there and it was just something that he wanted to experience. That's the only one of those I'm ever going to have in my life. I'm not going to yeah. lie to you. Like, uh, not for me, you know, a part of the experience. But I'm going to go with the barbecue chicken sandwich. Mm, solid. I think that's a pretty solid pick. I can eat. I can eat. I'm like Dustin Johnson and that I could probably eat sandwiches of like as like 80% of my meals just in general in life. So, yeah. Um, and who do I want to hang out with? By the uh, way, uh, new on the menu this year, and I haven't tried it yet, but there's a chicken salad sandwich. Oh, okay. The menu. All right. I mean, you got to give that a shot. Next time I, I'm I out there, I will. I'm, and I'll pick my time. dude, Max Oma. Max is in the field this week. Oh, yeah. Max, is, Max is, seems a good sense of humor, sports fan. We get along. You know, we'd argue about the Dodgers and, and my – incredibly hated Houston Astros, but um, I think we could, we could find some common ground and yeah. So Max Homa 13th hole barbecue chicken. Max probably has his phone too. And he could tweet about you guys being on the Island and maybe come get rescued. So that's true. It's a good yeah, point. That's fair. Ah, for the record, I'm probably going 13 also egg salad and Rory. That's not bad. You can't go yeah. wrong there. Uh, all right. Question number four, how much would you pay to play around at Augusta national? And the second part of this question once that round was purchased, how much would it take for you to sell the tea time before it happened? So I'm O for lifetime in the media lottery, the mm. fame media lottery that every golf writer talks about. Yeah, um, I've I'm many one for friends. lifetime. What would I pay for it? I'm not a rich guy. Probably pay five grand. Yeah. Oh wow, that's yeah. Once in a lifetime type experience. I don't know if I'm ever going to get it again. Okay. Um, and then if I could flip it for twice that, I would. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, that's kind of what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. No, Everyone's got a price. Yeah. No, I, I mean, would I definitely know, so, I'd sell it. Yeah. Some people would say like, no, man, once I got it, like, I am not selling that. Everyone's got a Look, price. Put yourself, every Look, struggling 24-year-old production assistant or studio researcher in ESPN history has, has considered selling that badge when they get to Augusta national because mm-hmm. they're scraping by with their studio apartment. Right. So I put myself in those shoes as the kid who worked at Foot Locker when he was in college. And yeah, I definitely flipped it for double quick story for you. This was three years ago. I played in 2005, my first year covering the masters. 
about three years ago. I was back in the media lottery. It takes seven years uh, until you can get back in after you've played. And so I've been back in for a handful of years. And uh, three years ago, I walk in on, I believe, Saturday morning, and I look up on the board with all the names that have been selected, and I see, there it is, Jason Probel, P-R-O-B-E-L. I turn to the communications director here at Augusta National, who's an old buddy of mine, and I said, uh, I assume that's me, but it's just a typo? And he looks and he laughs and he goes, yeah, I'm sure it is. Congratulations. Just go check with Martha at the desk and, you know, she'll take care of it. And I go up to this nice older lady and I said, um, you know, I, my name's Jason Sobel. Uh, there's a name on there, Jason Probel. I assume that's me. So, oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry, honey. I, let me check that out for you. She goes down this list. Uh, she looks up at me. She says, oh, dear. I'm so sorry. It's Jason Probel from West Palm Beach NBC affiliate TV. I'm like, you're kidding me. What are the odds? She's like, no, I'm not kidding about this. I'm like, okay. So the end of this story, the postscript to it is I tweeted it out and people are giving me condolences like a family member just died. I'm like, look, it's a funny story. I I never had it. It wasn't taken away from me. Uh, So this guy won it. This guy had gone home. He only covered it for the the weekday rounds. He had gone home back to Palm Beach or wherever he was from. He saw it on Twitter. He hopped in his car. He drove back here. He played with a buddy of mine and apparently shot 193 out here. You're helping. (laughs) Look, first you could think about, oh, my God, I gave away my opportunity again or something like that. But no, no. gave this person a once in a lifetime experience they were never going to have again. Period. He He helped them out. Twitter helping people. Something he owes me $5,000 for the round. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to question number five, which has a lot of parts to it. Okay. Uh, last week, you gave me a question about five other players being ranked above or below Ricky Fowler in the official world golf ranking. And I just, uh, what did I do? Oh, that's right. I went five for five. That's right. You swept it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see how you can do. Uh, Rory McIlroy has made just over – $2.5 million in career earnings at the Masters. Have the following players made more or less? And just for the sake of continued continuation, I will start with Ricky Fowler. $2.5 million. So Ricky probably, he would have got almost half that for his runner-up finish. Um, but I will still say, I'll still say less. Ricky has made less? You're one for one. Okay, all right. We're 2. on the point four million for Ricky. That was, that's nice. Close I one. figured it'd be close, and they, that was very close. Yeah. All right. People always talk about what the winner gets, but you go two, three, four. Those guys get a ton of money too. So yeah. All right. Let's see. I. By the way, if you go five for five and tie this up over two weeks, this is pretty amazing. All right. Number two, Justin Rose. More. Justin Rose has made much more. Three point seven million dollars. Just a ton Dude, of really Rose, good finishes. Yeah. Fred Couples. Oh, this is a good one, man. So when Freddie won, he wouldn't have got a million to win. You know, been significantly less probably, but he has so many high finishes over the years. I will say slightly less. Eh. Oh man. Fred couples has made 2.7 million dollars in career earnings. 200 K more. It wasn't egregious, but it wasn't egregious, but trying to get in your head and see where the game is over. All right. On base with a bunt single. Uh, number four, Paul Casey. I'll say less. 
I believe Casey has five top tens, but Casey is still less. Two points. Okay. All right. <laughs> and the all last right. one. So you can get to four for five, which is pretty damn good. Ernie L's. This is a good one too. You know, I think of, I think of Ernie having, he had close calls at the masters, but I'm going to say less. Rory McIlroy has made 2.5 million at Augusta. Ernie L's 2.48. All right. Winner. Combined nine for 10 over two weeks. That's That's really good. good. That is impressive. So, I mean, uh, well done. Yeah, sure. Impressive, but probably not for the best. No, no. In terms of general, just, you know, social abilities and. Yeah, no, we both need to get out more. It's basically what that comes down to. By the way, we're going to work on it here before we move on. We want to show some appreciation for one of life's greatest pleasures, beer. More specifically, drinking beer. Because just like the Masters, spending a beautiful spring weekend drinking dozens of beers is truly a tradition unlike any other. But you can't slip on the green jacket of life getting wasted before happy hour. And that's where our friends at Athletic Brewing come in. Because for years now, Athletic Brewing has been making some of the most flavorful craft beers money can buy, but without the alcohol. So if you're thinking of taking it easy on the booze this spring to keep your ball on the fairway, Athletic Brewing's award-winning beers are a great option. If you want to support the show, head to athleticbrewing.com, check out their selection, and place an order using code ACTION15. That's code ACTION15. This gets new customers 15% off their first order. And if you order two or more six-packs, shipping is always free. That's athleticbrewing.com. Use the code ACTION15 on that first order. Enjoy great taste while keeping your gambling edge. We will do that as we get to our DFS lineup this week. And by the way, there are so many contests out there. You can win crypto punks this week. I mean, it's just. I, I, you just made me feel like I was 65,000 years old. I, I don't know what that is. I realize this is like talking about your ex-girlfriend to your current girlfriend, but Peter Jennings, my former pod partner. Uh, Peter Jennings loves John Rom. He was telling me about NBA Top Shot here on the podcast before anyone knew what Top Shot was and then it blew up. And so he is all into the crypto punks, although maybe that was last week and this week he's into virtual horses. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the virtual NFT world. In any case, uh, you can make lineups and win stuff. So, Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him and you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of because God damn it. That's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. First pick. All right. I'll I'll go off the board. 9,400 for this guy coming off the win last week seems like a total steal. I mentioned all the great superlatives for Jordan Spieth. I think 9,400, you have to absolutely draft him. They clearly evaluated him a few weeks ago and not after his victory. So um, 9,400 for Spieth to start our team. I like it. Uh, If you're taking a stud, I'm taking a stud. I I think that... John Rahm will be fairly highly owned, but maybe that price just kind of keeps people away a little bit just because there are so many big stars. I mean, you could say, well, I'll get JT and Xander and Jordan, so I'm not going to take John Rahm because he's a little bit more. So at 11,000, he's my favorite pick to win, and I'm taking John Rahm. I think there's a lot of value further down the board that we can attack later. I'm with you 100%. This next guy is somebody we – I don't think we mentioned on this podcast, but – there is one player who has made the cut at the Masters every year since 2010. Ooh, ooh, wait, wait. I won't say it, yeah. Every year since 2010, he has made the cut. Only oh player. Oh, my goodness. 
Oh, I think I only know this because I've seen some of your your stuff out there. I've seen one of your mentions. Louis Oosthuizen. Oh. Incorrect, but Louis is priced $100 cheaper than Mr. Adam Scott. Oh, 7600 okay. for Adam Scott. A guy who at this point, I don't put a ton of stock in what he does in the events leading up to major championships because he's even verbally stated that he basically gears up for these bigger events. Um, and I think that, you know, a guy with his course history here, um, only Rory McIlroy has more rounds in the 60s since I think it's 2010 at the Masters than Adam Scott does. Um, like I said, made the cut every year since 2010. 7,600 seems like a great value for Adam Scott. Yeah, it does. There are a lot of really good value. There are a lot of guys you're going to look at this week and go, how can I get him for that price? That sounds great. And so they're doing that so that everyone will start chasing these guys a little further down the board. I'm going to do it again, a similar price, just $100 more. Paul Casey talked all about how much I like him this week. He will be in a lot of my lineup, 7,700. Okay, 71, we have 14.3 left, 71.50 per player. Mm-hmm. Um, let's scan down. How about a guy who we have talked about, one of the best iron players on the PGA Tour the last couple of years, Hasn't flashed yet in a major championship, but I think he's a tremendous value on this golf course. Corey Connors, 6,900, I think is a really good price for him. I think he can come out here and make a lot of birdies, get you a lot of fantasy points, and that leaves you with 7,400 in the bank for the last pick. I had a feeling you were going Connors. I almost went Connors with the last one, so I like that play in there. Uh, Two guys, one of whom I mentioned, one of whom I didn't mention, but um, give me your perspective on Abraham Answer or Will Zalatoris. Answer, of course, had a great week at the Masters last year, had a bad mm-hmm. final round, but put together uh, – not bad final. I think he faded maybe late on the back nine, second nine, but um, had a really good week. This isn't a golf course where you have to be super long, which helps mm-hmm. Abraham answer. Yep. Um, his iron play, I think, was in much better shape at this point last year than la- – uh, this year than last. This is Al Torres' debut at the Masters, right? He didn't play in the fall. His first one. Um, I've been so high on Will – the last couple of months. Um, I'm going to go with the guy who had the reps beforehand. I would pick answer, but just slightly over him. But I'm not going to be mad if you go with Will Zalatoris. Yeah, I'll go answer here. I do have a lot of Zalatoris as well, but I I certainly don't mind Abraham answer. I never mind taking Abraham answer. He's one of my favorite players to pick in in lineup, especially in DFS. So uh, Abraham answer, Paul Casey, Corey Connors, John Rahm, Adam Scott, and Jordan Spieth is the lineup. I, I really like that. By the way, you are not going to have a lineup this week that you don't like. We said that about the Players' Championship as well, but you're just not going to put together a lineup for the Masters this week and go, oh, well, that one sucks. That's not going to win. You're going to look at it and go, ah, can't lose. I'm going to put this in the $10.150 max with 480,000 other people. I got this one. You're not going to be like searching for like some man. I don't want to buy Larry Mize, but he's my best option here at the bottom of the board. Like there's too many great combinations for you to come up with going into the week. You know, it's just, I'm with you. There's so many different ways that you can come up with a lineup that you're going to be super confident about going into it. And I feel that way about this one. I don't know about you. Uh, Yeah, I I think so as well. So before we go, uh, a couple of reminders, the action network podcast will have its beloved WWE WrestleMania gambling preview later this week. I got Hulk Hogan minus 120. Uh, Still, probably not. Uh, Number two, Stucky and Chris Raybon will return late next week to talk NFL season win totals. Don't forget that. Uh, Love working with those guys. Uh, Some of the sharpest minds in the business. And number three, and I'm reading this right from what was sent to me, the copy. Beloved golf analyst, Jason Sobel, 
We'll join Chad mm. and Simon on the Favorites podcast to talk even more about the Masters coming out Tuesday afternoon. Your mom wrote that promo. Where do they get this from? I'm like the most know. hated I'm, guy in golf. I'm more of an Andre the Giant guy than Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Mainly for the, the, the tales about his drinking prowess, which are just mm. absolutely unbelievable. There's a really cool documentary about him on HBO, but, you know. I'm fascinated by enormous people. And yet you're fading Bryson. I, I just valid criticism. Thank you. <laughs> I, I deserve that hundred percent. Well, well, thank everybody out there for listening. Have an awesome week watching the masters and firing bets all over the place. So many options out there and so many different books. So make sure you shop around for the best prices out there for Justin Ray, the 15th club. I'm Jason Sobel from golf bet. Thanks so much for listening to the Masters podcast here at the Auction Network and Golf Bet. Stay tuned for all our Golf Bet content throughout this week and every other week. And here's hoping you hit the green. We're finished talking. <laughs>